0: Hey there, this is Kat Stancic with the Revenue Accelerator podcast. And today I have Sabrina Victoria. Now we're going to be talking about something very interesting. Let me tell you a little bit about her first. So Sabrina is the creator and CEO of the Human Better 365, a human transformation company and the creator of the Her Vision uh, podcast. Now she's a speaker, entrepreneur, and author of Envision Your Best Life, 90 day planner and creator of catapult Your Life in 365 Days. She is the self-proclaimed and also often called queen of time. Sabrina focuses on time management and organization as the founder of life. I love that. So we're going to dive right in. Now, I often find that a lot of entrepreneurs at varying degrees of success, right? If you're still in business, there's some level of success that you're, you're doing, Um, it's not usually the problem of, I really need to learn something new. Now there is a bit of that, right. And there's skill set and things like that. So we're talking about a little bit more of the established entrepreneur. They're selling something they're doing, they're getting going in life, but they're not doing the thing that they know they air quote should, right? So what is that about? Of, I know that I'm supposed to do these things. I'm not doing them. I'm avoiding them even potentially what let's unpack that.
1: So, one of the main things that I always dive into immediately is the this big word of procrastination. Mm. We always use this blanket word of like, I'm a procrastinator. And the important thing to recognize is there's actually 20 different tactics that humans use to procrastinate. So it's not just procrastination as like a blanket term. There's actually different ways or different tactics that we use and where it gets a little murky is uh, many times several of the things that we are procrastinating actually have more than one reason. So Mm -hmm. one of the ones that most people know is like fear of success or fear of failure. There's like the two that are used the most as far as stuff like that goes. But what people don't recognize is there's also perfectionism. There's Mm -hmm. also overwhelm. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you start out with I'm a perfectionist. And if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it at all. That's procrastination. But then what happens is you would do that with five different things. Then all of a sudden you attack on the procrastination of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, and then on top of that fear of failure, and then on top of that fear of whatever it is. So many times the things that we are scared of have more than one term or more than one tactic that we are using as humans to procrastinate. So a lot of that is just kind of peeling back the onion of, okay, what happens if I give up my perfectionism? Mm -hmm. What happens if I just decide, Hey, I'm going to spend this much time doing this. And then whatever it is, it is, and I'm going to commit. If you peel off that one, what does that look like? And then if you peel off overwhelm where you start time blocking or you start, you know, um, prioritizing your life a little more, and then the overwhelm opens up and then all you're dealing with is just my fear of failure or my mm. fear of success and mm-hmm. that's really just digging into the trauma of that or what's ha- whatever's happened in your past as far as why those fears are coming up um, so a lot of times, you know, when people are doing that, where they're sitting on one thing and they weeks go by or months go by, or you just need to do that one launch, you know, or that, that, um, that uh, thing that's big and scary and really sit down and say, what exactly are the tactics that I'm using for this thing? How can we peel those back? So there's maybe just a couple that I can deal with yeah. and move forward. So you hit on something very interesting. So, you know, some
0: of these are Kind of environmental and some of these are you know like spiritual emotional almost biological right so this this concept of trauma right so how does what role does trauma really have you know in terms of you know like there's things that we can understand it like ptsd right someone goes to war they see horrible things, they do horrible things, even potentially, and then they have to come back and integrate in society, right? That's one level of trauma. And I feel like a lot of people who aren't necessarily have done, you know, the self-development work only think of trauma in that way, but there's big T's and little T's, right? When it comes to trauma,
1: how
0: does, how how does that, in in those varying degrees, right? Because there's all kinds of different traumas that span the gamut, right? Mm -hmm. How does that, Like, what effect does that have on someone creating, you know, let's just general term create success.
1: Like what's that relationship like? So I'm going to use my own story because I hate to project. So real quick, I love telling stories. Um, When I was probably 14, 15 years old, I'm sitting in front of the TV with my family, including my mom, dad, sister, brother, and Beyonce or Janet Jackson, some female artist that's well-known was on the TV. I don't exactly remember who, and I remember saying something to the effect of like, Oh my gosh, brilliance, beautiful. You know, look at how much she's accomplished. My dad said this side comment. He probably doesn't ever even remember saying this, but he said in order to get to that status, that person had to sell their soul to the devil. Mm. That would be like a little thing, nothing traumatic, but I remember that. Okay. So then growing up, I wind up getting into a relationship with a man who had a lot of money and used that money to manipulate me. Uh, there was a lot of financial abuse that was happening. One of the things that he would say is, whoever has all the money has all the power. So all now things. I'm stuck yeah. in this dynamic of if I get money, my dad thinks I sold myself to the devil. Right. And if I don't get money, then I have no power. Yeah. So it's this constant cycle that everybody has several things that have happened in their life that is um, putting a ceiling on top of where there are, but it's really sitting down. So I've done a lot of work, um, but it's really sitting down and figuring out where is this junk coming from? Where are these crazy thoughts coming from? Sitting down, opening up that box, pulling it out, figuring out what it means for me Yeah. Not for whoever was involved, but for me and then what I authentically want to do, but yeah, trauma triggers, big T's, little T's are enormous. And I say, honestly, it is probably one of the biggest issues to go along with procrastination, which that's Mm -hmm. in there for, um, halting people from really, um, you know, finding their potential or creating the potential that's within them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, sometimes I think like, but it's the, the little tees that, you know, we don't talk about because it's, it's sometimes maybe it's silly, right. Or it's, it seems just so individualistic that nobody else probably experiences. I know something that affects a lot of women, uh, men too, like not to to discriminate on that regard. um, But I, I've worked a lot with women and I know you have too, is this concept of too much, or maybe even not enough. Right. So where does that, because there's a bunch of different things that can play into that, whether it's, I mean, I remember being told once, Hey, you know, Catherine, cause that was when I was in trouble. And when I was little, um, no one wants to hear from you right now. Right. And so in that moment, uh, you know, it's always the eight year old. I realized I was too much, right. Cause nobody wanted to hear from me. And I was, I was asking for too much. Right. Yeah. So other people have had that same story put on them and they've picked it up and they've carried it throughout their adult lives. How does that then also perpetuate, you know, um, distance between achieving a goal and then having to constantly work with that, that story essentially.
1: I mean, I say, if you've been told in your life that you're too much, you need to open up a business. Like you're supposed to be something. What that is, um, I have no idea, but you need to go into your boss's office right now and ask for that raise or um, and or start some sort of a, a side hustle or dive into that business because I think that those are the personalities that 100% are supposed to be doing something extra. Those mm. people with the spark, those people with that loud laugh, those people with that extra um, umph in their life. Um, but as far as dealing with that and individuals telling them that, I mean, there's two different types of people. I mean, there's people that are leaders and there's people that are followers. I mean, it just is what it is. I believe that. I don't know. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but if you've been told that you are, are too much, I would lead with that. I would mm. the fact that you're too much. I would lean into whatever that too much is, because a lot of times that is what is going to attract your customers, that is what's going to attract your your clients uh, to you. There are individuals all over the place that have been told that they're too much in one area or the other, and they're looking for people like them or similar to them to help them open up and to help them kind of blossom into who they're supposed to be. So what are some things that people can do? Because, you know, we're talking about something
0: that requires a trained professional, right? This isn't just someone can just be like, hey, I'm really good at this trauma thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone who's has experience, who've done it, who's supported a lot of people in like, you know, working through it. What are some things that people, you know, can start to do on their own that helps them continue to tap, you know, maybe heal, right? In order to get to this place where they're not procrastinating, they're not avoiding the thing because they're focused on, you know, the thing that they quote unquote shouldn't.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to get a little woo woo on you. Have Hell you ever yes. won this podcast? <laughs> I think
0: like that's an interesting point. I think that there's a lot of people who are woo. They don't necessarily like lead with it. So <laughs> go for it. Absolutely. Okay.
1: I love it. So one of my favorite things, and, and I need you and, and your listeners to just, just think outside the, just step outside the box for just a second with me and bear with me. But I believe um, with everything in me that we are every age we've ever been. Mm -hmm. So I am one and I am two and I am three and I am 16 and I'm 23 and I'm also 29. And every single year of me is actually inside of me. Mm -hmm. And depending on what is being said, depending on triggers, depending on events, certain Sabrinas come out into the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, when we are doing our best to lead our life, I'm 39, I'm doing my best to lead as a 39-year-old Sabrina. Sometimes my 27-year-old Sabrina, who's scared or nervous or unsure, because in that era of my life, I was, you know, being traumatized in, in certain areas. And the nervousness starts to kind of creep in or or creep out, I guess. Mm. And the way that I am deciding to take on the world or take on a certain project or build a certain business, uh, depending on what is going on and the fears that are coming up could trigger different um, individuals or different ages to get scared or different ages to pull back. And the way that I really like to have my clients envision this is I'm 39 right now. I am amazing. I am brilliant. I have gone through 39 years of craziness, just a crazy journey. I, as a 39 year old know a lot, but sometimes my 27 or my 30 year old comes out and is scared. And my job as the leader of my community is to calm everyone down, to be there, to hug, to embrace, to tell them that everything's going to be okay, to tell them, hey, listen, I've learned so much on this journey. You're okay. You can actually sit down. You can actually relax and allow me to take the lead for all of you. Mm -hmm. You A lot of times I I get real hiccupy when people say solopreneur. Because even the solopreneurs, we're not solopreneurs. There's a whole community of individuals that are waiting for us to step up. That you know, 19-year-old Sabrina, that 32-year-old Sabrina, that 37-year-old Sabrina is waiting for me to take that step into the role that I have journeyed through my whole life to get to all of this stuff that I've gone to all of the learnings I've had through all of the trauma has gotten me to where I am right now. And it's my responsibility. And you can take this responsibility on at any age. Yeah. But at 39 years old, I am taking on this responsibility of what I now know from my 38 year old. And each year I'm having to step up into a new role. And I'm having to calm all the fears of the things that have happened to me in my past and say, Hey, listen, everything's going to be okay everything's going to be fine. I now know one more year of stuff and I'm going to take that learning and I'm going to create, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to create. I think if you really think of it that way, it really kind of eases the mind as far as being able to step up into that lead role. So what are some things that you did to help you get to there? Right. Because the six-year-old version
0: of you, even the 13 and the 16, Right. And even now, we can still experience trauma that yeah. can rewrite, reactivate, reinforce, right? Some things from the past. Mm-hmm. So, is it as simple as meditating or journaling? Or do you have a
1: different perspective that you see on that or that you want to add to? It's, I, <laughs> um, so I love, I talk to my younger selves all the time. Every single morning, I go for a five mile walk mm. and I check in with every single every single year, um, the ones that are coming to me. So this is so woo, woo. but you know, like my five-year-old will pop up and and I'll, I'll reminisce about what I liked doing when I was five. And I will reassure like, Hey, listen, you did what you were supposed to do when you were five. Now, what's the one thing that you like to do when you were five, um, play soccer, swing on the swing set, you're fine. I'm taking care of you. You can go swing on your swing set now. And then my 18 year old will come to me and be nervous about whatever she's nervous about. And I'll say, Hey, listen, what did you like doing when you're 18? You loved listening to, you know, um, music really loud in your bedroom and talking on the phone with your best friend and, um, you know, recording songs off the radio back then on her. Yes. With her, with her, um, with her magazine clippings pasted to the wall I can't even believe my parents let me do that. And uh, you can now enjoy your time. You did what you were supposed to do when you were 17. And so really just checking in on who is, who's feeling anxiety, who's coming up, who's nervous for whatever the day has in store, you know, every single night when I go to bed, I have this um, this ninety day planner that I work with. Not to like boast or anything, sorry. Oh, okay. uh, but I have this ninety day. So hold pl- it up so people can see it. Um, I have this ninety day planner. planner. It's called Envision Your Best Life. Ninety days, we do it ninety days at a time. I'm addicted to it. I've been doing this for over six years now, using my own planner. Um, um, look at that. I- using a all- process, I get all my clients on it. But every single night before I go to bed, I actually write down everything that I have to do for that day, really scary things. Sometimes, you know, I was just telling you, I just lost my very first masters That was really scary. Um, my fiance was even kind of like the day before he could tell that my nerves were like, were like this. And I had to really check in with myself and, and find out who is feeling that like, because mm-hmm. it's not me, like yeah. it's not my throat. Cause I, I know I've done all the learnings. I've read all the books. I've dove into all of it. It's not my 39 who's Mm. nervous. It's actually one of my other ones that's nervous. So who is that? And consoling that person, telling them, I got this, telling them everything's going to be okay. And, um, and stepping up into that role. So yeah, it really is as simple as envisioning, pulling them up, having a conversation, meditating with whoever needs to be meditated with, Mm. um, Uh, do I meditate and sit? No, I don't have time. Does not a lot? I mean, this is, so this is important. I think you are
0: absolutely like this when you work with your clients, which is not every strategy fits every person, right? So Mm -hmm. people who are out there and like, all you need to do is meditate. That's great for the people who enjoy meditating, but not everybody actually enjoys it or can stick to it or whatever it is. And that could be sabotage or it could be likes and dislikes and all that. But I really appreciate that. You're just like, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. Like doesn't matter why I just, I don't want to do it. It's not something I enjoy. Thank you. Because that is so like just highlighting that um, as part of business is that the things that we need to do need to be things that we also enjoy. Now we always have to do things that we kind of have to do as part of business and life, but isn't there a way to be able to infuse joy and, you know, desire into those things in some kind of capacity?
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Like I walk and talk to myself. I walk and think that's I meditating. Take my notes right? out on my phone. Yeah. But it's not meditating in the way the that traditional I, way. No. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, I'll listen to a podcast. Something will pop into my head. I'll turn it off, go into my notes section and write down some stuff. Yo, I do that all the time. Yeah. So yeah, the traditional like miracle, the whole thing with the miracle morning, I don't know. <laughs> it me, yeah. It just drives me insane. Like these people go to the, and they think that they have to like carve out this whole thing. And yeah, isn't that just a sense of control
0: Yes. Right? in a place know, where there's no control is yes. if I do these five things. And I know you talk about that, which is you know, this, this, I mean, it isn't that just time blocking, but they're only time blocking the first part of their day, which in theory should infuse into the rest of it. So
1: yeah.
0: I'm going to like ask this too, cause I know you're about to say something too, but after that, like, let's talk a little bit about like what time blocking really is and what role it plays in people's lives.
1: Um, so I, I time block everything, including showers, cutting my toenails and, uh, lunch free time. So one of the things if you, if for those that follow me, um, I constantly talk about working. I absolutely love building businesses. I am all about creativity. I'm all about what's the next step. What's the next level. So when I say this, it's always like, really? I used to be the type of person that would work through my lunch. And I was really starting to notice a slight bit of like anxiety that was starting to come up with me. So about four years ago, I decided that in the middle of my day for at least 45 minutes, I would make something to eat and I would sit and I would listen to something that wasn't necessarily business oriented. Now, is it still? Yes. Cause it's usually some sort of podcast. That's like helping me mentally, but it's not like, Dependent on me doing better in my business or creating something that day. So I actually, and I put my feet up and I relax and Mm. I breathe and I eat my meal and I drink something. And even if I finish my drink and my meal before the 45 minutes is up, I allow myself to sit for a full 45 minutes and that's time blocked um, in my day. Uh, the other thing that I do that I encourage people to do is I time block TV, TV time, or I time block TikTok time. And I think that it's important, you know, if you're finding yourself, you, one of the reasons why I have a paper uh, planner for 90 days, you know, I do it, I'm doing it forever, but you know, my clients, I just, I do like 90 or, or 90 at a time, it, right? Three days or six months. Yeah. Um, however, because our phones, a lot of times, when everything that's in my phone, you go to your phone to see what's next. And you end up on Instagram mm-hmm. for freaking 30 minutes and 30 minutes went down the turbs, And that's when you were supposed to be working on your next launch or whatever it is, a new, um, thrive release. So I, uh, went to the paper planner and a lot of that is just to make sure that I am staying, um, what is that what is that word? I'm staying accountable for my own time blocks. So the phone and getting sidetracked on social media is not part of my time block, but for some people having that downtime where you're scrolling is important. So yeah. put that in your day. You can do that. What's important is to make sure that you're getting all the stuff done that you need to get done, which is what we were talking about earlier with procrastination. So make sure those big things are yeah. wrapped down and then make sure you're treating yourself with little things, a little break to go eat a brownie or a little break to hang out in TikTok for for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is, something to look forward to, right? So you're working real hard. You're starting to get bored. You're starting to look at the clock and you realize, Hey, listen, I have a 10 minute time block after this hard thing that I have to do is in here to be able to sit and relax. So really doing that whole, like work hard and reward yourself, work hard and reward yourself is something that I, totally am a a huge cheerleader for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I know that one of the difficult things is kind of task switching. So a lot of times, you know, when I start getting into that, like overwhelmed state, because it happens, everybody gets into there. And usually it means that I'm not, you know, following a process of some kind. And so, you know, I, the other day I was like, Oh my God, there's just so much I have to do. And I had a friend of mine who's like, well, are you task switching? And I looked at my calendar. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah going from my email over to this thing, over to social media, over to, to the podcast, over to this, over to that. And then nothing was really felt like it was getting done. There were little things, obviously. Yeah. But if I had just said, hey, for this next, even 30 minutes, I'm yeah. just going to do, you know, reach outs and this next hour, that's what I'm going to have my podcast thing or whatever it is. It's, it's an easier way to see how you've accomplished something, even at the end of the day. Versus just these little, little things that, yeah, add up, but just don't feel like they really hit the mark on something.
1: 100. Yeah. I remember the first time I read that, um, multitasking wasn't a thing Yeah, about like jumped off a bridge because I was the queen of multitasking. That was like, my identity was like, I could do all the things all the time. And when I really sat down and read into that and what that means and, and the, how that is not a thing it that's when I really dove into the theory of time blocking and what you're saying which you know the switching I think is uh, so important so yeah it kind of played into your
0: recent success with your mastermind in terms of you know your mastermind wasn't something like you shared and, and it's okay to share it wasn't necessarily something that was part of the grand plan right but it was something that became available and just From going from concept to sold out was just this flow state for you from what you were sharing, but I could only guess to assume that that wouldn't have been able to happen if the, the pieces weren't in place to allow the flow to come through, right? Like, am I explaining
1: that correctly? Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, when things come into my mind, um, I I do what's called a mind dump at the end of every day. So I write yeah. down all of the things that happen to to be because I think it's very important to go to bed with a clear slate, a clean mm-hmm. white canvas, so that you can dream big and dream bright. And so um, when Mastermind first got put on the list, you know, then I had to actually time block. Hey let me take 30 minutes on this day to like research it and figure out what it is. And is that even something that I want to do? And am I using the correct verbiage on what that is and who else is doing masterminds? And then a couple of days later, like, who can I, who would be interested in possibly doing a mastermind um, if I were to do it? And then, you know, a little bit later after that, actually creating, you know, the, the content and what it is and the substance of it. And, you know. Yeah. But it's time blocking that, you know, throughout your week and adding it in. And and what happens is when we do a new thing, a lot of times it's like, oh my God, this big thing. But literally it's just 30 minutes a day or Mm. one hour a day where you just dedicate to that one new idea. And before you know it, you know, in a whole week, that's seven hours. You can get it done literally from like start to finish a lot of these things. In one whole week, just by time blocking one solid hour with no interruptions, turn off your notifications. I have no notifications on my phone ever. My phone never dings unless it's a text or a call old school. And that really helps, you know, that really helps get things done.
0: Well, there's this, there's this intentionality, right. And there's this, you know, energy around being driving your business or, or being a victim of it. Right. And we can be a victim of time of, oh, I have to do this and this and this. Right. And that's great energy to come into anything with, or there's this, I get to right? Like I get to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and that's that empowered space, which of course is even more so client attractive. Um, So how can people get in touch with you? Because you've got a lot of things going on and a lot of resources that are available for people who are looking to really up level their businesses and create more of that success without, I guess, being a victim of their business. Um, So how can people get in touch with you and find you? Yes.
1: So uh, my website is sabrinavictoria.com. I make it super easy for everybody. So my name is (laughs) sabrinavictoria.com. And then right in the front, uh, there is a way to contact me, do uh, like a a 30 minute free consultation with me and sit down and actually, you know, figure out the barriers that are holding you back in any area of your life. And really, I always dive into time management because usually that's one of the first culprits in it. And really help you kind of peel back that onion and see what's going on. Brilliant.
0: And any parting words or things you want to leave the listeners with today?
1: I always just like to say everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes we get so overwhelmed. There's so much looking around social media. It seems like everybody is doing just slightly better than what you're doing. And a lot of times that can create some real feelings inside of us as far as not moving fast enough, not doing good enough. And, um, and everything, everything's going to be okay. It's one thing that I tell myself all the time, uh, just in, in my silent thoughts, whenever I feel that rising Mm. up, I'm very sure myself, like everything's fine. Everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today.
0: Yes. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, the, the link to the website will be in the show notes for everybody to reference. Make sure you go check it out. Sabrina, victoria.com and we'll see you soon. Yeah.